sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerdum. My name is Diz, and I'm your pop culture and sports nerd. Ali? I am Ali, your classic nerd. Yo, you've been uh, following the tweets. Yeah, which, wait, which, which tweets, first of all? To all the tweets, bro. Twitter, man. <laughs> we Twitter's were just talking about this before. <laughs> I, Twitter's have, out of control. Have you watched anyone's fleet? No, I refuse to watch anyone's fleet. <laughs> It's yeah, the fuck I, is tell this? You, I haven't watched someone's Instagram story, much less someone's fleek. Fleet? Uh, fleet. 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 Whatever. Yeah. First of all, someone pointed out that clearly they had no one in the uh, think session that was actually had two cents because if they were smart, they would have called it chirp. Ah, true. Right? Yeah. Twitter? Tweet? Chirp? Chirp. Yeah. Right, yeah. fleet doesn't make sense. The fuck is a fleet, bro? Like I'm yeah, thinking of like doesn't uh, it doesn't fit within their their theme. No, but yeah, no, I don't want you. I'll, I'll tell you when I decided that I was never going to watch someone's story again. <laughs> when you saw one of our friends post a fucking 25 minute long story, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I'll give you the exact. That was the exact moment. <laughs> is when I clicked on someone's story and I, I looked up at the top, and it had 80 tabs. It wasn't tabs anymore. They were just dots. <laughs> When I saw that, that's what I'm done. I'm done with this shit. I'm, I'm pretty done. sure I know whose Instagram story. <laughs> but I, when I saw that, when it turned into dots, you couldn't even see the tabs in you. I went, no, that's it. Halach. That's we've gone too far with this. <laughs> and I'll tell you another thing that pisses me off about this. It's like as it is, social media is a very self-centered experience. Right? Yeah, it's true. Very self-centered. It's all about the idea is fundamentally that you have something worthwhile to say. Uh-huh. And that everyone really cares that you're driving to go to Starbucks right now to get yourself a Vente yeah. Mocha Unicorn your, Frappe or whatever. Your pumpkin spice latte, my friend. Right. I mean, like, I think someone joked on Twitter, like, great, we're going to have to see someone driving in all five different apps now. <laughs> it's yeah, all, all it is. And so, like, there is a, there's a level of self-centeredness as it is to social media. And as they come up with more and more stuff, it's just, it just consolidates that self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is weird. Like, I'm uncomfortable with it. Like, I use Twitter. Yeah, I'm sometimes funny. But most of my stuff is educational. Oh, yes. You teach us I, about the world of the jinn. Yeah, like, my, like, the purpose of my tweets is to educate people. And, yeah, maybe there's an element of arrogance assume, that assumes that I know more than other people do. Which is a fact, uh-huh. <laughs> but like there isn't a there isn't like I don't interject myself that much into it. Well, what would be the point me. of my tweets then? Well, I mean, like the, you could I come shit up post. With, you can shit post. You could be funny. You could do all sorts of things. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have social media, and I'm not yeah. saying that we shouldn't have personal updates. Right? It's great to have personal mm-hmm. updates. Hey, I'm getting married. You know, here's my like all that stuff is fun. I think that's a good thing, right? It's fine to let people know that stuff is going on in the world and in your personal life. It's a way to create human interaction. The key is that human interaction bit of it. When it turns into just, let me turn the camera on myself 24 hours a day, that's just weird. It's like some, at one point in our life, we all kind of decided, what was it, maybe early 2000s, you think? Where we mean? all decided that we wanted to be reality TV stars. Oh, that's when I decided I wanted to be a reality TV star. Do you like, know what I mean uh, by that, though? Like, remember growing up, when you were a kid... I applied for the real you... world in 2006. <laughs> okay, we won't talk about your personal psychoses here. 
<laughs> I made it past the whole... second. I was I was in the final round of casting. <laughs> Fun fact: a whole therapy section <laughs> about you and real world because I was 2008. This, sorry, I was 18. There's something to dig down there. Turning but like like seriously, when we were children, everyone kind of wanted to be like an astronaut. You wanted to be the president. Some people wanted to be movie stars, right, or uh-huh. singers. There was a desire to be a celebrity, but generally the celebrity was associated with something. Right? Some kind of skill, yeah. Yeah, like acting. I wanted to be the best skateboarder, right? Everyone wanted to be Tony Hawk. Remember that? That was the thing. Yeah. That all, like all boys wanted to be Tony Hawk. I didn't grow up in Orange County, bro. I don't know. If they grew up in Orange County, they wanted to be Tony Hawk. And now it's all boy. Everybody wanted to be Tony Hawk, to be clear. Yeah. But then at some point, something changed, and everyone wanted to become. First, they wanted to become a reality TV star. Mm-hmm. Then everyone wanted to become a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. It's like you started to hear kids like, "What do you want to be when you grow? I want to be a YouTuber." It's like, what does that mean <laughs> exactly? Yeah. Other than staring into the camera and just I don't know, talking, yeah, telling making, a story about the one time that Chipotle forgot your guacamole or something like that. <laughs> that's come on. I know I'm being a, a like a crotchety old man here, but you you gotta give For me sure. some credit that it makes sense, right? Like. What exactly do you have to say? What in your life is so fucking phenomenally fascinating that you have to share it with billions of people around this world? Well, I think it gives people like a sense of validity, no? Like when you post something on Twitter and like, not you because you have fucking 5 million followers or whatever. But like when someone like me posts something on Twitter and I get like a lot of likes or retweets, like it seems kind of nice, right? Like you kind of feel validated that like, okay, maybe I am funny i'm not just yeah, funny okay. to my friends i, I understand people. the validation of it right i don't get it personally like i don't really care mm-hmm. but there is i understand why people do it external validation matters i think yeah. internal validation is people should learn to cultivate but the part of me that goes okay the reason why i find it slightly weird is that the app is designed to make that addictive though uh-huh. it's like the one time you get validation what do you do right after you keep seeking you, it you try to replicate that, right? Yeah, it's you a try drug. to do the same thing over and over again. This is why we see the same Twitter joke <laughs> over and over. Every couple of weeks, yeah. right? It's the same. Yeah, yeah. It just, they're just stealing from each other because it's about validation, right? It's like, I want to get those likes. It's, a, it's that dopamine fix, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But that to me is like, that's addicting. I think they're, like, right now they were having these uh, um, congressional hearings with the social media leaders, with mm-hmm. the robot Zuckerberg and fucking weirdo jack dorsey who for whatever reason has decided that he's going to become a yogi in some fucking okay. ashram somewhere or something he's, have you seen his beard no bro I don't dude looks like fucking rasputin oh nice yeah. rasputin it's that fucks control. with it. yeah um so anyways they i think they asked flat out asked mark zuckerberg like hey you designed this thing to be addictive and he's like no i never intended it to do so but they did yeah 100%. maybe they didn't intend it to be addictive but the end goal is to sell and in order to sell to people you want them addicted to your product. Well, yeah. I mean, dude, like people are like, I don't know what my, like, I don't know what I would do with like 50 to 60% of my day. I should take that back. Maybe like 30, 40% of my day, which is still a lot if there wasn't like social media around. Right. Like that's what I do to pass time. Yeah. Like, you know, like how before when like you'd go and try to pick up your friends and you would have to wait in the car. Like, you're just, like, yeah, passing yeah. time, looking around, people watching or whatever. Man. Now it's like, all right, I'm 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 passing time by being on scroll, my phone. I yeah. told you. Or when I'm pooping, you know? Like, yeah. that's my, my yeah. Twitter time and my Instagram time, you know? like you, know, you used to call it on here, shitster. Or what would you yeah, call Schwitter. it? Schwitter. 
Twitter, that's what it was. Twitter. Yeah. yeah, Twitter and Shitstagram. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. here's the thing, though. I said this on the podcast. I said there's two technologies that are going to have a huge impact on us in thousands of years from now. We're going to be talking about them. It's the front-facing camera. Right? Mm-hmm. It did something to us when we convinced everyone that it's not enough for you to take a picture of your fucking meal every day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great, you ate a sandwich. Yeah, Thanks, Karen. Right? Yeah, my sure. mom does this. I love my mom to death. Like every meal, she has to post it up. Like, mom, I'm so glad that you enjoyed your soup tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but like, dude, does everyone? Need all to 15 see? of your followers <laughs> loved it, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, do all, actually, she has a lot of followers. I'm surprised. But it's like, yeah. do you really need to show all your followers that you had soup tonight? Or oh, look, I'm having kebab. All right, whatever. So there's something about as it is giving everyone a camera, but then turning it inwards. Right, mm-hmm. you can film yourself. The selfie that's doing something to our psyche, like dramatically. And then the second technology is the endless scroll, right? Yeah, it's kept people from being bored, which is weird. Mm-hmm. I like I like times when I'm bored when I can just sit and think. Yeah, so I come up yeah. with some good ideas. It's right. Yeah, but now there's an itch. You just want to go well, reach to your phone and and endlessly scroll. Well, younger millennials and Gen Z, they don't know how to be alone with themselves. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't, I don't, I think if like you put like someone between the age of 18 to 32 yeah. on a like deserted island for 24 hours, I think that's like worse than solitary confinement for, uh, for months for someone that's in their 50s or 60s. Yeah. Well, I think the, I, first, the idea of being disconnected is bad enough, right? It gives people anxiety. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and again, sure. there, if there's ways of like coping with social anxiety and stuff, go for it, right? Like, I'm not against this at all. But I'm saying that they've become such huge crutches mm-hmm. that they're having an impact on the way we socialize, the way we think about our identities and whatnot. For example, like we've talked about how there, there's really compelling study now that talks about the role of social media influencers and models and whatnot in perpetuating uh, body dysmorphia. Yeah. Right. That because of the filter, it's not it's not because more people have Instagram. No, no, no. The issue isn't the Instagram. It's the fact that there's filters now Yeah, that people can't recognize themselves without a filter. That's true. They've seen through the lens of the filter. And so when they see themselves without the filter, it leads to dysmorphia. It leads to a feeling of like, that's not me. And so we're developing these these whole issues around this. Right about body image about identity and 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 we're doing the same thing with you know fleet as as weird as it sounds right but all these fucking apps are doing the exact same thing do i really need another app to you know use to tell the world that hey i'm gonna go and get myself a diet coke or some shit like that no i don't think anyone does you know or i mean if you want you could go on parlor and tell people how you hate the blacks or some shit (laughs) <laughs> or what was the, the parlor had a precursor there was something before parlor what was it called i, forgot I don't it fucking know it starts with a g it was something and it was like super nazius it was they did the whole like we're free speech this we're free speech that and then it got banned glinchenstein i don't know man i'm, I'm thinking it's not that yeah i don't know the, dude this is the other thing is like we're giving out enough of, all of this is more opportunities for us to get in trouble yeah that's, it's that's true all i'm saying right yeah. look <laughs> the more Social media is just a trap. You're just waiting yeah. to get in trouble. Just be, just be fun and just, uh, you know, record yourself playing video games all day and make money on that like you can on Twitch. Yeah, there you go. I mean, Twitch and, is a, a prime example of trouble. Yeah, well, I mean, 
Twitch is fun, dude. I'm not gonna lie. Like I Twitch is fun, but like everyone gets in trouble on Twitch. Yeah, that's true. So back in the day, like I remember it was like a few years back, I always wondered like, oh what's the thrill of watching someone else play games, right? Like yeah. I never understood it. And then like I saw people playing games that I liked and that were better than me and I like picked up stuff based on them playing, like, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's how this person did this. Oh, okay. So like, then you get caught up, and then you get caught up with the personalities on Twitch, and it's like it's a cool medium. And for a lot of people, like you know, they've they've made a lot of money on it, you know, and they're able to do like, hey, look, if you're passionate in playing video games and that's what you want to do for your life, and you found a way to monetize that, because um, capitalism sucks, but you found a way to make capital capitalism work in your benefit for doing something that you love to do, you know, I'm good with it. Like I have no problem with it. Um, the problem is, is when you are doing something you love to do and then you work for another company that doesn't allow you to do that. Mm, That's mm, an issue. So, um, as, as we all know, I am a fan of the fucking shit fire that is professional wrestling. Right. (laughs) Yes, you are. So from like, I can attest from when he was a little kid. Yeah. I've been a fan. He's He's not one of those ones like he's, he's. You know, claims that it likes his wrestling, but when we, when I say avid wrestling fan, I'm yeah. saying like he'd come over with like fucking recorded, you know, fights or what do you call them events? Paper, fights? Not, yeah, I would I, I would rent out pay per views. Like I rent, like, this is, record. Yeah. He'd bring them over and he'd watch them. Yeah, it's it's literally like since I was a kid, I think it was like it was a coping mechanism for me to deal with like. Some stuff that, like, you know, like, when I lost my dad when I was a kid, I started watching wrestling a lot, you know? Like, it's kind of, like... So, ever since I was, like, six, seven years old, I was a big wrestling fan, right? And I I still am. I'm 31 years old and still a fucking avid wrestling fan. It's recorded on my DVR. As we speak right now, AEW is being recorded on my DVR. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I watch everything and, like, I I follow, like, all the wrestling news and all that stuff. Um... Something happened about a month and a half ago. So a lot of wrestlers to supplement income that they're missing during the pandemic, Mm because while the pandemic is going on, they're still performing, but they're performing weekly shows, right? So they're doing like the, you've heard of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, right? Those are the two big shows for the WWE. Before they would do live events. So if they weren't doing a TV taping, they were doing live events in different cities and they'd tour the country, and that's where they made a lot of their money. So to supplement the income that they were missing for not being on tour, a lot of these people and a lot of these wrestlers went on Cameo, right? We've talked about Cameo before where you get like a personalized message from someone. Um, And then they made their YouTube channels because they had more time, so they were making YouTube channels, and then a lot of them went to Twitch. Now. Cameo, Twitch, YouTube are all opportunities to make money. So for them, they were supplementing income. Mm-hmm. The WWE got wind of it because one of their performers, CJ Perry, who's known as the name Lana in the WWE, she promoted Bang Energy Drink on like her Instagram or her Twitch or something, right? Mm-hmm. And the WWE got mad that she endorsed the company without their permit or some company. Yeah, like she did a commercial for some company without their permission, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the thing is, is when you sign to the WWE, you don't sign on as an employee, right? They sign you on as an independent contractor. Yeah, yeah, this is true. So, but they have loopholes in that. 
So what they did was after that happened, they they banned all their like their wrestlers or their talent from doing third party apps. So yeah. Twitch, Cameo, YouTube, um, and then they can't do any advertising on Instagram, um, which pissed off a lot of the, a lot of their performers. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know, like some of them were making more money on Twitch than they were with the WWE. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like there was a few performers that were making more money off of Twitch than they were on the WWE because they were popular through the WWE. So what they did to try to get away from it was they weren't using their their stage names, right? Because the WWE right. technically owns a trademark on their names, which is crazy, right? Like, I get it if they gave you like a name. Like, they made up a name for you, and then, you know, like, they trademarked that because that's their intellectual property. Whatever. But, like, if you're using, like, so, they're, not to get off topic, but there was a, there's a guy who wrestles for a different organization called AEW, and his name is Cody Reynolds, but mm-hmm. his father's wrestling name was Dusty Rhodes, right? And when he came to the WWE, he was wrestling under Cody Rhodes because it was, you know, like, he was his father's son. They right. trademarked the last name Rhodes. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it was like this legal battle. He finally is able to use that last name again um, and perform. Like, it took a couple of years, but he finally got his last name back. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, so, what happened was they told everyone, starting November 1st, you're no longer allowed to have these, you know, your Twitch or your Cameo or whatever. Um, one of their performers named Soraya Knight also known as Paige, there was a movie about her that The Rock produced called Fighting With My Family. Yeah. So if you've ever seen that, that story, that's about her like life story into getting into wrestling. Um, she broke her neck twice while wrestling for the WWE. She's no longer like medically cleared to wrestle. Um, so she was supplementing a lot of her income on Twitch, and for her it was an escape. She like did her last Twitch and is sitting there getting emotional. Like I broke my neck for this company twice and this, this and this, and she's super upset. And she was looking into unionization. And then there was another wrestler by the name of Zelina Vega, who also happened to be in that movie. She played a a wrestler that Paige beat for the title in like the end of it. Like, so she acted as a wrestler as a different wrestler. Um, She refused to give up her Twitch. And then in defiance to WWE, she also created another third party, uh, or she went on another third party app, which is OnlyFans. Um, she wasn't selling any nudes, but she was sending. She does uh, cosplay and stuff, mm-hmm. so she was selling her cosplay photos on OnlyFans, like in defiance to WWE. And then she tweeted out Friday, "I support unionization." Literally ten minutes later, the WWE tweets out. The WWE has come to terms with Zelina Vega. We wish her the best on her future endeavors. Damn. So they released her. Now, this is getting backlash because Andy Yang, right, or Andrew Yang, uh, former presidential uh, nominee for the Democratic Party, is he said, like, you know, if Biden wins, I'm going to look into these practices from the WWE. They're exploiting their workers. On top of that, the president of the Screen Actors Guild, right, Mm-hmm. So SAG, which is a major union in Hollywood, put out the WWE is just as much entertainment as it is sports. We will be talking to talent to make sure that they are protected. Yeah. So well, this is this is the thing though. Is like I, I've we've talked about this when we talked about OnlyFans and whatnot. The gigification of the economy, the gigification of labor, 
that is, that everyone becomes an independent contractor under the guise of you own your own labor or you own your own whatever, right? It's like there's an element of autonomy or freedom to that. It's the what I call the Uber promise, right? Mm-hmm. The promise of Uber is that it's your own time, it's your own whenever you want. There's an element of freedom there. The only problem is that technically all other aspects of it is owned by the corporation. And you do all the work for the corporation with none of the actual benefits of this. Now, yeah. Jesse Ventura, back in the, I don't know, in the 80s, ago, 80s. in the 80s, brought this up. Yeah. He was one of the first to really fight for a union, got totally screwed out. By Hulk Hogan. Uh, by Hulk Hogan, got screwed out by Vince McMahon. Got bit, totally well, he screwed didn't. Out he did initially. So what happened was is he was trying to get a, a, a wrestler's union. Yeah. And he got all the guys on board and like including Hogan. And then Hogan used that information to get a bigger payday from Vince McMahon and like ratted him out. Yeah. And then, and then also there was an attempt at a walkout that completely failed. Yeah, because legit- because of because of Hogan. Yeah. But he ended up suing the WWE or WWF at the time and he got paid back a shit ton of money in right, royalties. Which he rightly should have, because the reality yeah. is that these are deeply exploitative practices. And we're seeing this more and more, right? Like that was my big concern with OnlyFans, right? It's like the illusion that somehow the sex worker now has more freedom over her, her his or her or their um product, right? And sure mm-hmm. you get paid directly. The only problem is that technically the licensing is owned by OnlyFans. People yeah. don't read the fine print. No. That means that your image can be used in any of their promotions and you have no say over it. Yeah, they can use you for marketing. They can use you for marketing. And it's the same thing we're looking at here. Now, Twitch, on one hand, uh, you know, I have some element of going, look, I-, I have respect for people who are on Twitch because uh, more often than not, compared to other social medias, the people who are gaining a following there are doing so because they generally are talented, right? They, there is some element of they're doing their, there's a sport to it, right? Yeah, 100%. There's, a, there's something there. So I'm like, all right, great. And I don't want to, I don't want to fall into this sort of illusion of meritocracy that only people who are talented need to become famous or whatnot, right? Like, I, I get it. I get celebrities complicated. But I understand that. But part of the issue of Twitch is just this, is that Twitch has a immense amount of power. Mm-hmm. over what gets streamed even though the people can become quote-unquote partners and it's still an independent contractor we've seen twitch just completely ban people shut things down without any recourse without any discussion without any conversation and so we're entering into this era where people are talking about free speech free speech free speech but they're not understanding that the problem isn't the government you mm-hmm. have absolute free speech in many ways, you know, with certain exceptions, very minor restrictions. You can't threaten someone, you can't you know, yell fire and whatnot. But where we're seeing the greatest level of control is in corporations over their independent contractors. Yeah. Not Facebook over people using Facebook, not Twitter with Twitter users. None of that is a threat to free speech. No. The threat to free speech comes to workers independent contractors who get screwed out in the case of WWE or in the case of Twitch or in the case of these other, uh, you know, apparatus where they say something or they do something and then they end up getting fired or they end up losing their contract or they end up getting banned off of their stream. There's a whole 
way in which the sort of technological social media world but it's a double-edged is consolidating sword, no? its power. It's really consolidating its power. You know, and it exists outside the mechanisms of the government and outside the mechanisms of the law. And that's where it's really, really creepy. And Super creepy. Here's my thing, right? I, I agree, right, that I think what the WWE did here was horrible. I, I think it's terrible. And I think that the wrestlers should. And the WWE has been doing this before. Oh, yeah. This, the technological yeah. components of this. They've been doing this for as long as they've been around, right? They, yeah. they found a loophole that now, like, other companies like the UFC are exploiting, you know? Right. They're, they're, and they're what's doing... Ubers and yeah. Lyft and whatnot Uber, are yeah. exploiting in California. Yeah. Exactly. But it's a double-edged sword because while we're, you know, we get mad for companies deplatforming people and doing all that for certain things, sometimes it's warranted, right? Like, if someone says something racist on their Twitch and then Twitch takes their stream off, mm-hmm not you know like it's weird like we want censorship but we don't want censorship at the same time but i think i don't think it's an issue of wanting censorship or not wanting censorship there's two different components to this Mm -hmm. there's the speech component of it right the capacity to speak right yeah that on social media and whatnot is not nearly as regulated as people make it out to be if you think racism is getting people deplatformed off of Twitter. You haven't actually yeah. been on Twitter. Yeah, you haven't seen James Crowder you, on Twitter. You haven't, you in any way, shape, or form, Stephen Crowder. You've never yeah, seen... Yeah, whatever his fuck his name. Who's James Crowder? Same thing with, with, you know, Instagram or whatnot. I've seen with my own eyes horrific shit on Instagram, straight up Nazi shit. They're like, oh, this isn't bad, you know, violate our terms or whatnot, right? So there's this speech component. The, com- other, the issue here isn't the speech component. Mm-hmm. The issue is the labor component. Nah. What we're looking at here is the is the right the the right to work. Mm-hmm. That's where we're really fundamentally at at an awkward and uncomfortable position, because you have decades and decades of work and activism done by labor unions mm-hmm. to provide people with things like, you know, eight hour work five. Do, do you get overtime? Uh-huh. All these meal breaks. Things, like, meal breaks. Like, yeah, a person should be able to go and have a lunch. And all of that is being undermined uh, and found, you know, back channels and loopholes and whatnot through this conception and framework of the independent contractor. Mm-hmm. So Uber never has to worry about someone taking a lunch break. No. Oh, you make your own schedule. It's your own schedule. You're free. So if you want to work 12 hours, great, good for you. And people are going, oh, that's great. You can make so much money. But no one's pointing out that it's like, a poor a person has to work twelve hours and it'll make a decent living on on Uber. Come on, yeah, right? that's a that's problem. a that's a fucked up system. That's a twisted system. I saw some some article the other day that was talking about I think it was a now this or a Business Insider video, and it was talking about a guy who made something like seven thousand dollars a month or eight thousand dollars a month working Uber, and what they pointed out is that he was working like thirteen hour shifts. He wasn't even how he'd have a 30 minute break where he would eat in his car. Like he's done a massive amount of damage to his car, but hey, he's making $7,000 a month, right? You yeah. can do it too. And it's, and it was presented Pro- as he probably like, sleeps this, in his car. Yeah, this is presented as like, Hey, this is a look how you can do this. And I'm going, wait a minute. You shouldn't have to work that amount of hours in order to get a decent living, right? This is the, the issue is that, We've completely reframed the conversation, and that's where the problem is. 
is that these corporations, whether it's the WWE or Twitch or OnlyFans or Uber or Lyft or whatnot, they've all successfully reframed the conversation. They've moved the goalpost. The goalpost is not whether someone can work a nine to five shift and still have a, you know, access to health care, a decent life, be able to pay rent, etc. Now the conversation is, well, you're free, you're independent, you're autonomous. We want to give you that flexibility because it's about your freedom. And if you're free, that's all that matters. Never mind the other consequences like not having a safety net, not having health care, not having a you know, having to work in increasingly crazy hours. Like, there's a whole way in which this conversation has shifted. Labor is no longer about the basic things like, hey, if a person gets a job, a nine-to-five job, Monday through Friday, that should be enough for them to afford a nice housing situation, to f- pay the bills, to put food on the table. They it should really be able should, to do that right. without overworking themselves, without putting themselves in danger emotionally or physically they should have breaks all of that stuff that was the conversation 20 years ago we're not even having that conversation 20 you know now in 2020 the conversation now is over whether someone is free or not free what does it mean if they're independent contractor or a laborer are they an actual employee or not an employee they've completely reframed this conversation and frankly they're winning the people who are shouting about free speech and they're shouting about, I can't say the N-word without getting in trouble, <laughs> you know, they're, they're completely missing the point. There is no threat to their free speech. The threat is to their labor. Yep. Maybe it's the Marxist in me, but I'm pointing it out that we're now in these moments where your right to work is in danger, not because of what you say or what you believe, but because capital wants to control and squeeze every cent of the profit without giving you any basic benefits. Speaking of capital, um, is the government watching you too through your apps? Well, no, because I'm smart and I don't download apps. So but you're not talking. You're about, not professional Muslim. You don't download well, Muslim. Is, Pro? This is something that's like it's like this is going to be our social media episode because like all of this is coming out at the same time. You've got this stuff going on with wwe and twitch and we're talking about censorship and we're talking about the you know the role of these uh, social media companies in uh, congressional hearings but we also have found out just recently through a vice article that a very popular muslim app known as muslim pro which a lot of people have downloaded to use for things like locating the qibla which is the direction that muslims pray knowing the prayer times etc that it has been selling their stuff to a third party Mm-hmm. And the third-party company has been selling the data to the U.S. government, specifically the Defense Department. Yeah, because they want to track so where Muslims is, are. Yeah, I mean, I've said it, right? It was never Big Brother. It was Creepy Cousin in the Basement who's been reading your diary, right? Yeah. It's literally the analogy I've given over and over again. I, mean, I just want to point out in a moment of pure satisfied gloating that every time someone treated me like I was a tinfoil hat, weirdo for not downloading apps i remember someone was talking to me once like can you download costar i'm like yeah i'm not interested in downloading costar it's an, it's an astrology app right that people mm-hmm. and like what i'm like you put too much of your data in that they thought i was crazy thought i was like i'd lost my mind so every time i went out it's like, do you have this app no i don't have this app i have, I have <laughs> instagram i have twitter i have shazam <laughs> 
<laughs> Do people still use Shazam? Do you have Yelp on your phone? I don't have Yelp. I have okay. Shazam. And that's it. That, like, in terms yeah. of like apps, like yeah. actual apps that I've downloaded. Uh, and then do like the, yeah, that's it. Oh yeah, Duolingo. Yeah. That's the, the only other app I have on here. That's crazy. Um, like not, in terms of like things I've downloaded, I've not downloaded yeah, yeah. any other app. No, no. I mean, knowing you, that's it's more than I expected. Oh, Slack, Slack. I'm sorry, I'm Slack. Oh, yeah, I get yeah, Slack yeah. on here. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah. So, a lot of like Muslims are upset at like Muslim Pro and all this and that. And why well, I understand, I understand their frustration, right? I get it. Like you're worried about like your information being sold and going into uh, the government you know, for you to be watched by the government. Now, I'm not a professional Muslim, so I don't have Muslim Pro downloaded on my uh, my phone. <laughs> I am amateur Muslim, but they don't. you don't want to look that up. <laughs> Please don't, don't Google that. <laughs> don't Google that. But uh, here's the thing, right? Uh, and maybe I'm just an asshole and I'm an idiot, but yeah. the way I see it... You are those things. But... Yeah, I am those things. So the way I see it, right, if you have Yelp on your phone, you know that Yelp uses, when you search restaurant near you, Yelp yeah. logs where you are, right? Yep. 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 Um, Facebook per year makes $150, around $150 per user per year on Facebook, right? Yeah. Selling your information to other people. Yeah. How many people are on Facebook? There's like billions of people on Facebook, yeah. right? Yeah. Like. So how much money is Facebook making off of us? Just sound, you know, like yeah. Well, I mean, this is the same thing with the people who talk about like, oh, the vaccines—they're gonna put a chip in you so they can track you. I'm like, motherfucker, they can already track you. You have a cell phone attached to you. Yeah, literally, twenty-four hours a day. Yeah. Of course, they've been tracking you. I but, I get what you're saying. Is like, no, but we're so already here's, being tracked. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? And and, and I say this because we expect companies to just do the morally right thing right and just give us the stuff for free and do the morally right thing it, they're not going to do it right facebook's a free thing to use right if they're making 150 dollars per year on us now i i ask people would you be willing to spend 150 dollars a year to pay for facebook right some people would say yes. Some people would say no. You know, it's their right to, you know, whatever they choose to do. But we expect people to just give us these things for free. When there's apps on the App Store or on the Play Store or wherever the fuck you get your apps from, whatever kind of phone you have, if there's an app that charges money, you're less likely to download that app than you are to download a free app, right? Here's the problem with that argument. Firstly, I, it, it presumes that that's the only way they can make money. So I understand true. that there's, there's advertisement they can do. There's a lot of money for advertisement. Yeah, yeah. There's a I lot of money that. on a million different other ways. I get that. Two, the expectation should be that people act morally. Yeah. We expect people. Here's the thing. We live in a society that tells us that corporations are people. They're not, but they're told, we're told that they are. That's what the law says. The law treats them as people. That's why they get the massive tax breaks that they do. That's why they get all these loopholes, because they're treated as people. If a person acted the way a corporation did, we would throw their ass in jail. Mm -hmm. Why is it that they want to be treated like people when it benefits them, but they don't want to be treated like people when it comes to accountability? That's my problem. I don't have an issue with, with, with corporations saying, hey, we want to make money. That's the reality. We're living in, in, in a capitalistic society. Everything wants to make money. But you can make money without screwing people over. These corporations can still make billions of dollars without selling our data 
elsewhere. We have simply, the problem is that we have come to the point where we have accepted that that's the new norm. We've accepted the invasion of our privacy. And it's not just an invasion of our privacy. We invited it. We could say, oh, it's Big Brother watching us. Big Brother spying on us is the least of our problem. The problem is that every single one of our dumbasses clicks I agree when we download these apps. We willingly give this information away. This goes right back to fucking was it Fleet? Fleek? Yeah, Fleet. It goes right back to it. The big issue with Fleet or Fleek is we are willingly giving up personal information about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Have you used the Fleet app yet? If you click on it, it lets it asks, "Do you want Twitter to have access to your camera? Do you want to?" Have oh no, I haven't clicked that shit. Same thing with the uh, voice app, voice compo. Do you want Twitter to have access to your microphone? Why do I want these apps to have access to my microphone? Why do I want these apps to have access to my camera and stuff? This is the issue. We willingly accept it. In other words, we consent. We consent to being manipulated, spied on, and taken advantage of. We simply accept it as the price to business. So when people say stuff like, oh, you know, Facebook makes $150 just, or this, I, that that price of business model, that's corporations convincing us that we simply I'm accept not. It. And we've got to resist that tooth and nail. The people who fought the hardest in the 2000s against this stuff were librarians. During 9-11, librarians fought so hard to f- against the USA Patriot Act. They said all this stuff is private, shouldn't be in the hands of government. And government had a hard time winning, even though they have all these terrorist claws and whatnot. The workaround now was that the government doesn't have to access your private information. The government doesn't need to spy on you. All it has to do is buy it from the app that you download. They yeah. worked around the law. They worked around the people that were fighting it. And because apps have little doohickeys and whizzles and fizzles and shiny sparkly stuff on it we simply accept it we we completely let go of the fight that was the early 2000s but i'm not i'm not saying that like it's okay because they do this i'm just pointing because i've seen a lot of muslims outraged with muslim pro right like Muslim Pro is the only one that they're doing that that's doing this and from doing this and whatnot first off in Muslim Pro's defense, they are selling it to another company who's then selling it to the government. They yeah, probably didn't know that. Defense. that. I know. I get it. I get it. But they probably that's didn't know that, right? I, I'm just saying they probably didn't There's know. There's no way on earth you get into the app business without understanding someone's private data is going to be sold to somebody. Um, it's just, I get it. But, you know, they probably didn't think it was getting sold to the government, you know, is, is what I'm saying. But they're, they're, everyone's up in arms at Muslim Pro right now, but they're not up in arms at Yelp or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or any of the countless well, other the apps that they why, use. The reason why I think the Muslim Pro app is such an, became such a big thing is that surveillance is racialized. Everyone That's gets true. surveilled. Everyone does, right? White, black, Muslim, non-Muslim, etc. Everyone gets surveilled. But... The type of surveillance is racialized and how that data is collected. Joe Schmo is getting their data collected in order to determine whether they're going to sell them toilet paper or not. Mm -hmm. But Mohammed Akbar is getting his data stolen in order to have him surveilled by the government. That's the issue, is that there's a racialization in that surveillance. 
And so Muslim Pro being sold to the U.S. government, that's the big issue, right? It's not that they're spying on people. All the apps are spying. And it's great that people are, to some extent, I understand that it's like, all right, people are raising a, a fuss about um, Muslim Pro. Where I would modify your argument is saying they should raise the same fuss about all the other apps. Yeah, that's what I'm just, that's what I mean. We need to have we need to have a robust robust conversation about the way that these apps are completely invading our lives. From Instagram and we've joked about this, right? The fact that we went, all went to that Italian restaurant once and then ended up getting ads for it two nights later. Yeah. We didn't even check in, Diz. None mm-hmm. of us did. None of us checked in. Right? And somehow we were getting ads for it a little bit after. Yeah. Right? This type of invasion, we can say that it's all benign. They're just selling our stuff in order to sell us ads. Right? But now it's clear that it's more than just selling us ads. They're manipulating. We know that Facebook does outright manipulation where it fucks with the timeline. Right? Yeah. This is, we're entering into an I, era. I change it to be chronological. <laughs> We're in this very dangerous moment right now where we're watching what happens to a democracy when our information ecosystem doesn't work, right? Yeah. Look what's happening right now where you have 50% of Republicans, 51% of Republicans genuinely believe that the election was rigged. Idiots. Diz, that's not a minority of people. That's millions of people. Yeah. Millions of people. That's at least 36 million people. Yeah, that's at least 36 million people. 51% of Republicans believe that, that the election was rigged. That's what happens when you have these apps operate the way that they do, when their primary motivation is to sell us stuff. And in order to do that, they are going to steal our information, they're going to collect our data, and they're going to sell it to the highest bidder. And the highest bidder is going to do all sorts of fucked up things with 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 that data. The Trump administration did that in 2016. The Trump campaign used people's stolen data in order to use targeted ads, in order to sow uh, distrust in our institutions, in order to show sow distrust into uh, our information systems. These things have consequences. The problem is that the consequences don't look like an action movie. It's not a bad guy that you can beat up who's got a bomb with the blonde-haired girl that they're going to blow her up. And, like, it's not as obvious <laughs> as that. It's all creepy cousin shit in the basement. Yeah. And because it's creepy cousin shit in the basement, we don't all quite understand it all the time. We're not up in arms. We should be up in arms. We should all have tinfoil hats around this stuff. Because <laughs> guess what? This stuff isn't the conspiracy theory. It's not the frog. No one's put anything in the water to turn the frogs gay. Nobody's you know, controlling the weather. What they're doing is stealing your data and selling it to the highest bidder. And that's fucking up the way we understand the world, the way we get our information, the way we relate to one another, and the way we identify. You want to talk about body dysmorphia? You want to talk about the way we treat one another? The dehumanization of Muslims, of immigrants, of black people, of women, of trans people, of LGBTQ people. You want to talk about the way, the fact that 51% of Republicans believe that the election was rigged. You want to talk about all, you want to talk about, what was her name? Paige Vega or whatever? Selena Vega. Selena Vega getting fired for having one union. All this stuff is tied to this right here. Yeah, it's true. Got to be up in arms about this shit, man. We got to be, 
got to be fucking furious that these apps, not just Muslim Pro, but all these apps are fucking selling our data. Yeah, and your social security number, right, being stolen was so, like, exactly. early 2000s. You, right. There's People you can do more with your data. Social, yeah. yeah, think about this, the panic we have about social security numbers. It's yeah, nothing dude. compared to what's going on now. No, yeah, people can do more with your data than they can with, uh, yeah. like, your social security Diz, number. Diz, someone can take your photo right now, mm-hmm. right now, and do horrific shit with that photo, with Photoshop and whatnot, and post it up on social media over and over again, and there's nothing you can do about it. No, and, and they have. There's nothing you can do about it. I've, they can, they can, your, your private information about whether you are having a fight with your significant other or not, whether you have uh, illnesses or not, all of that can be sold to the highest bidder who can then determine whether you have value or not as a person, Diz. Mm-hmm. Think about that. We have allowed ourselves to become little bits of data. If we were freaked out about people knowing our routing number or our social security number, then man, I've got some news for you. Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we, are living in, we are living in, in a brave new world, and people we, should be outraged. We are Muslim screwed. pro is the tip of the iceberg, man. Tip of the yeah. iceberg. Yeah. We're screwed, my friend. We're screwed. And the fact is, like, People are angry because all those Muslims have downloaded it, but Facebook, right? How many of us all have Facebook on our... I don't, but how many of us have Facebook on our phones, right? <laughs> I do. Right? That, sh- over- that sh- is even scarier. And I'm over- God knows what Mark Zuckerberg is doing. Yeah, that fucking robot, dude. And I'm over here selling my data to DoorDash right now, ordering dinner. <laughs> what are you ordering? I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm looking <laughs> to and see what's going on. The gig economy. Right? Yeah. Some hey, man. guy who thinks he's, he's f- he or she or they are free to to deliver to you nope yeah. doordash oh, by yeah. the way of all the of all the fucking apps doordash is the worst customer service they really, no they hook me up man if ever there's a problem they always give me like some credit no they're the fucking worst customers i hate them you just gotta go in the them. chat and yell at them then they'll give you more money <laughs> <laughs> right on that note <laughs> dis not being able to shake the influences of capitalism We're you use doordash too motherfucker <laughs> don't I do. pretend I use, I deliver. i'm uh, shameless about the del- if there's one area where i'm like horrible it's delivery i just i do yeah. everything yeah. i hate going anywhere you know, fuck it dude you pissed me off yeah. so you know what i'm not gonna use doordash i'm gonna deliver dominoes <laughs> <laughs> Bad for my Old cholesterol. But delivery. Fuck it. There you go. There. You pay, give some money to some poor high school student. <laughs> Dude, my delivery driver is always like some 35 year old, 50 year old man or some shit. All right. Let's give some money to your 35, 50 year old man. I got you. So we're going to end it there. This was really a rant into the crazy world of social media. Um, but it was interesting how we tied in. Hopefully, you found it interesting the way we tied in WWE to Muslim Pro. Yes. Be clever of us, huh? <laughs> Pretty clever. Yeah. Let us know what your thoughts are. Diz will let you know how you can do that. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash currently nerdy. We're on Twitter at currently nerdy, Instagram at currently nerdy, Tumblr, currently nerdy.tumblr.com. We're on Stitcher, Google Play, and the iTunes podcast app. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. It's actually, um, I don't know if we're on the Google Google Play music app anymore because they changed that to YouTube music. So for all you Android listeners, um, if you know, because none of we don't have Androids, and I don't, my my other phone is an iPhone again. So uh, if you can check on that and tell us if we're still on the YouTube music app, if you could find podcasts on there, let us know. Um, if not, you could use Stitcher or uh, Castbox is another one that, that we're on. Um, but if 
do that and then go rate and review us on all those things. If you want to get a hold of us individually, you can. Ali, how can I get a hold of you? You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at A-A-O-L-O-M-I, our sister podcast, Head on History, um, or on my website, alialomi.com. Diz. You can find me everywhere at Dizbella, D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-A-H. And if you have the new, the next generation Xbox, uh, either Series X or the Series S, and you want to get this work in 2K, or if you'd like to team up with me on 2K, at Dizbella on there. Come on, man. I need some people to play with. So come on by. Hit me up on there. For everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuning in. Remember, stay smart, sexy nerds. All hail the Currently Nerdy Empire. <laughs>